Go well, again. I thought I don't. I didn't know that we were recording. So, um, hi, I'm Alex, and this is Silas Propaganda. And I'm Saffron, and this is Silas Propaganda. And I'm Nico, and this might be Silas Propaganda. Oh, I heard that. I heard this through the grapevine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh, that was cool. I like that. Thanks. What do you want from me? <laughs> A little warning when you're planning on starting the podcast? I thought, I uh, clearly thought, I said earlier that we would have you having a conversation, we just kind of go into it. Okay, but like, you, my voice wasn't even on. Like, if we play back the recording, it's me like, you know, just talking normal like this, and nobody wants to hear me talk like a like mortician, I don't know. What do I sound like? Is that what a mortician talks like? I guess, like? I okay. just sound really monotone But I did ask, and no one gave me a straight I'm answer, dumb, so I guess... The makeup on the body. I guess, just like, like um, yeah, so. I sound like I'm just over it, you know? Like yeah. I'm over life, I'm over everything. And nobody wants to listen to that. You just mm, want to break, you'd be surprised. You just want to break out of your mortician job. I really, I want to move away from the mortuary sciences and become a tap dancer. Tap dancer, nice. Your dream role is Squidward in the SpongeBob SquarePants <laughs> musical. It really is. Yeah. His tap was sick as fuck. Um, so, uh, didn't we have a special something that happened this weekend? What? Someone turned 18. <laughs> I sure did. Yeah. Wow, happy 18th birthday to me. What a great time. Did you have fun? I did. I had a good yeah. time. Any fun gifts that you got that you'd like to share? No. That's okay. I mean, not share with us. Like, you're not going to like, oh, yeah, here, listeners, here's the gift that they got me. I'm doing a free giveaway at the end of this episode. No, 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 we're not. No. He's going to give away the gifts that he didn't like. So if you get one, just know. It's still going to have the, like, from on it. Yeah. <laughs> they know oh, I'm me. sorry. My mistake. No, I got... Uh, let's see. My sister brought me food, which was great. And she also got me some earrings. And then from one of you, I got a mug that has a little smoking crab on it that says life is relentless, which was very nice. And, and any smoke- Oh yeah. He said smoking. And it sure did. I just want to emphasize the smoking. <laughs> yeah. So I thought it was funny. He's doing a smoking gesture now, folks. And then I got a poster, uh, for my astrological sign, Sagittarius, which was very nice. Yeah, that's cool. Now they know when your birthday is. I know Sagittarius. You can't, you can't let the listeners know about like your. You can't give them too much clues. They're never, crafty. They have between. They'll November. triangulate our location. <laughs> <laughs> well, we already gave away our location, which was inside a home at class. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's called consistency, folks. We're Some ch- of us never heard of it. And we're chock full of it. So, uh, we watched a few movies this week. Speaking of fun. No? It's not, no? Okay. That was a Do we not Paul have Blart. No, 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 no. No, it was absolutely not a Paul Blart. I, I, just, I just thought I would just bring Zero us, out of ten Paul Blarts. I just wanted to bring us to this next portion, which is fun. <laughs> no? I want to make it perfectly clear to the audience. This is our first time recording at night. Yeah, we we um we had to mix it up this weekend. Did not get to record during the afternoon. We're all a little nuts. We, we were so busy. Surprisingly, though, I'm probably the most alert right now. Oh, absolutely. Alex I just came, came home from work. From work. And I showered, and I'm just all ready to go. 
a bunch of energy. But uh, one of the first movies that we watched this weekend, week, these weeks of movies that we watch, Christmas movies, was... Oh, Die Hard. Ah, beer, beer, beer. Mm-hmm. Um, should I say bang, bang, bang? There's a lot of guns. There's a, can... And bang, bang, bang goes the trolley. The trolley full of machine guns. The trolley full no, I have a machine gun. That's what oh, the line oh, oh. was, right, in the movie? I Bang, 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 goes the trolley with a machine gun. Is that the line? From Die Hard? Yeah. Or from Meet Me in St. Louis? What is, what is the bit here? That Die Hard in St. Louis. Yeah. <laughs> That's the third die one, right? Hard, Meet Me or Saint Die Louis. Hard in St. Louis. Meet Me or Die Hard in St. Louis. A classic Christmas tale. Like, yeah. Mm. Uh-huh. But for those unfamiliar with Die Hard, uh, perhaps we'd like to read off a brief synopsis. Warning, so, spoilers ahead. So, in Die Hard, an NYPD officer tries to save his wife and several others taken hostage by German terrorists. They're not terrorists. They're thieves. During a Christmas party at the Nakatomi Plaza in Los Angeles. Well, they're presumed to be terrorists. They are, but they're... Alan, Alan Rickman has a line where he's like, we're not, who said we were terrorists? That's true. He did say that. Because they're not. They're just really, really good thieves. Well, except they all die this time, so. They're not that great then. But their ruse was to pretend that they were terrorists or to get people to think that they were terrorists. Yeah. So how does this movie start off? It's about a New Yorker person going (laughs) to L.A., right? And isn't L.A. such a fun place to be when you're from New York and you're a grizzled crime solving police officer i forgot that's how it started yeah it's literally just bruce willis making comments about how much he hates california california awful state terrible really it's nothing compared to new york where it's cold and smelly and everyone's mean no you land in la and you get young people making out and isn't that disgusting so gross i hate it when that happens love you like get to the international like departures from lax and it's just people macking it yes flying internationally from new york <laughs> okay look well if i'm flying if i'm flying domestically i don't fly out of lax i avoid lax at all costs if i can help it that place is a nightmare Californian. Yeah, just a stuck-up Californian How trying to take you. advantage of all the little things that are given to you with this nice, nice climate. It's so nice, you guys. So nice you you don't fly into major airports. <laughs> you even think about touching down anywhere except JFK. So the opening dialogue was a lot like what we're talking about now. It's just a lot of, oh, there's California. Ugh. I hate California. He doesn't really say it. It's more of just like it's a general vibe yeah, from Bruce Willis. Well, I feel like, you know, aside from, I never really clued in on this, but I guess California is a butt of a lot of jokes in other states. I would assume so. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're kind of obnoxious. How so? Listen to my voice, number one, and tell me it's not obnoxious. Okay, that's very self-effacing, but continue. Yeah, it's so much more obnoxious than yeah, like you're from New York. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like we could go, go back and forth all day. Yeah. There should be no there should be none of this this fighting between the different states. I mean I <laughs> Although I will say should all unite. Fuck <laughs> Alabama. See, we don't need them. 
You're part of the problem. It's not a sweet home. Not a sweet home at all. I, l- I thought it was funny because the couple that he's commenting on are like very young, tan, hot, hot blondes. Which is like when they do shots, at least back then, when they did shots of like LA, it was always like Venice, Santa Monica Boulevard, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and like everyone, and that was just the like trope. So it was just very funny to I see. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I am thin, hot, tan, and blonde. Me too. Oh, I'm not. I'm fat, white, pudgy. Oh. <laughs> Well, um, me and Saffron get each other confused all the time. Yeah, I literally look in the mirror. I'm like, oh, hey, Nico. Oh, my God. Hi, Saffron. You're so thin, hot, and blonde. And tan. Don't and forget tan. tan. Isn't it long, tan, and handsome? Uh, Yeah, if we were underwater. Oh, that's fair. And we're not underwater yet. SpongeBob. Oh. Long, tan, and handsome. Um, and but, I mean, also, I could feel like it would be a thing because he just got divorced. Yeah, he is. He is... No, 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 no. They were... Separated. They were on a break. <laughs> they were. Uh, she was in LA trying separated. to, trying to you know get her career off the ground. She got this really good opportunity. They weren't technically divorced yet. They're still married. You know the kids are there with her. He's like, I'm not giving up my career in New York. I'm an NYPD cop. And she's like, Okay, well then I'm gonna go. And then Bruce Willis is just like, Oh, you're not gonna make it. Wow. Then so she he's does. emotionally beating her instead of physically beating her. We cannot prove that he doesn't physically beat her. Yeah, also, the main plot line so far is that he doesn't want her to have a job. He doesn't want her career to be successful, because then he would have to give up his career, and only the woman should have to sacrifice her career in a relationship. Well, I have a movie for him, Mr. Mom. He's... I love that he's just an NYPD cop. You know what I mean? Yeah. He could be he he could be a parking ticket lady. No, no, he's a detective. He's not uh, he's not a meter maid. Oh no, that would be fun. It, that would be a lot funnier given the circumstances of what happens once he gets to Nakatomi Plaza and the quote unquote terrorist invade. Does he explicitly he was say a he's a detective? Um mm, mm, Yes. I don't think you he don't does. know. You don't know that. I don't he know. Does. I don't know. No, that didn't seem so sure. He could have just been. I don't know. It could have been. Sure. It could have been his first week. I'm yeah. pretty. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty was, sure. Okay, he's a man who's constantly lying the whole time because he's lying to Hans Gruber about who he is and stuff. He doesn't he, give anyone a real whoa, name. Whoa, How do we know whoa. he's lying about him actually being a detective or anything? Would like that? you have told Hans Gruber your real name? Probably, and or if I was trying to defuse a situation, that Hans Gruber would just kill you. Wait, wait, wait he yeah. didn't know my location at the time. What part are you talking about? When Bruce Willis is on the like, and they're talking, and they're to talking each to each other, and yeah. he's talking to the to the cop who shot the kid. Spoilers, and he's just like, just call me like Al or something like that. Oh, Nate, because he was because um, he didn't want to give his fucking name. Yeah, because Hans Gruber would have him killed, or he'd be able to find his family. Okay, <laughs> and his wife was also in the building, and like. Hans Gruber's not I'm an idiot. I'm just saying he's a liar, so we can't trust him. He lied for a good, you know, I'm not a fan of lying, but he lied for a good reason. So you're defending cops. I'm defending Bruce Willis's choice to lie in that situation. So anyway, he's in California, and he's going to the Nakatomi Plaza. Hotel? No, just a building. It's an office building. Yeah, it's, an office <laughs> yeah, it's building. just an office building. Although, an office building slash hotel. Where are you getting the hotel part from? I'm just saying, if there was something that existed, it'd be pretty convenient. 
Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Or like an office building apartment complex. Yeah. I you f- could live where you work. Jeff Bezos, please don't be listening. <laughs> please please disagree, disregard this part of the conversation. The commute would be like excellent, though. I know. You'd save so much on gas. You can put all of your Amazon tokens towards your food. Maybe we shouldn't be advertising yeah, this idea. I take it back. Everyone should live on a farm far away from where they work. <laughs> Just take their electric cars for miles to get to the office. That way German terrorists won't come and rob your farm. That's true. Because you'll have nothing worth robbing. See, that's the other thing. If a German terrorist organization broke into my office building, they could also get my collection of Russian stacking dolls from my apartment if they so felt like it. Oh my and God. my safe. Yeah, and my porcelain Mickey Mouse figurines, and then I'd be in real big doo-doo. So, <laughs> I guess it's not a good idea after all. So, I guess the main point of this Christmas movie is, is it a Christmas movie? Yes. How so? It takes place on Christmas Eve. And therefore, that makes it a Christmas movie. What? What? We found out what month it came out in, which was in July. There's Christmas songs in the soundtrack. Doesn't make it a Christmas movie. They say ho ho ho. So why do you think it isn't a Christmas movie, Alex? Because there's nothing relating back to Christmas times or the meaning of Christmas or anything like that. The meaning of Christmas is family, and I would say Bruce Willis goes, you know, pretty hard to protect his family. Okay, sure, but in no way do they make that out to be a big theme about the movie. It's not like, oh yeah, he's trying to do all of this for his family and stuff like that. No, they're just shooting guns and killing people. That's what the movie's about. That's all it is. To protect his family. His wife is there. He wouldn't wouldn't go through all that if his wife wasn't there. He'd probably let those people die. Yeah, okay, so that makes it maybe not a Christmas movie then, because if that was not the case, he wouldn't be doing all this to the kindness of this heart because it's Christmas. He's just doing it because he's trying to protect his wife. He's very selfish interest, which is not what Christmas is about. Okay, so you're saying it's not a Christmas movie, even though it takes place on Christmas and has Christmas music in the soundtrack. Yeah. And has Christmas decor all up and down the set deck. Not Christmas, Christmas Eve. Excuse me, Christmas Eve. It's the Christmas party on Christmas Eve. Um, But it's not a Christmas movie. It's not a Christmas movie. Like. (laughs) I just, I think this is something we're going to disagree with. And I'm really uncomfortable having this argument because, okay, I want to make it clear. Die Hard is not my favorite Christmas movie. I enjoy Die Hard in like a nostalgic sense, but it's not my favorite Christmas movie at all. And I feel really weird defending it. In this scenario, because I sound like one of those, like, cishet white guys whose, like, entire personality is to be the quirky and, like, look how different I am from the normies. And I just, I think it's a Chris. I do think it's a Christmas movie, though. That's not really because you're doing this here. That's just because you do this every time someone says Die Hard isn't a Christmas movie. But it is a Christmas movie. You have Facebook posts. It was one post. We have receipts. A very long argument. It was one post. And the only reason it was an argument was because I did put the words fight me. Okay, so you are being the cishet white man. Yeah. Like, you don't sound like one. You are one. (laughs) I am a cishet white man, yes. Yes, I know. A tall, tan, (laughs) thin, blonde. blonde. From California. Cishet white man from California. Well, this was my first time seeing it. Thank you for asking. (laughs) How did you like it? I really didn't enjoy it that much. I'm not going to lie. I 
I would say of all the action movies, the like run and gun type are probably my least favorite. Mm. There's just not a lot of elegance to it. No. You know what I mean? Not at all. Yeah, not even close. So it was like, like, it's fun to watch, but I wouldn't, I don't think I'll come back to it in my, unless I have to, unless there's like a weird movie marathon I'm attending because I'm trying to sack a guy. Holiday related action movies, holiday adjacent action movies. I feel Uh, like that's a very small category. Yeah, it's Die Hard. It's just Die Hard. There's a few. And Arbor Day. The porn version of Die Hard. I don't know. Bone Hard. Bone Hard. Yeah, I personally also wouldn't classify it as a Christmas movie. It's very obvious that when they were structuring the plot, they were like, the hero needs to save a bunch of people at a location. So they had to fill in what the place and time was going to be. And they decided Christmas Eve party, which I guess is a thing. I've never been to a holiday party or Christmas Eve. I do not plan on it. It's you- have you ever worked in an office? No. Oh. No, I mean, but then again, the idea of that kind of an office, it's very 80s. Yeah. It's very the job to have. Very working girl. Yeah, very working girl. Everyone goes to a skyscraper. Mm-hmm. And like, that still exists, but it's not like portrayed as much in media, I would say. Mm. So, Do you think because of this movie? No, I don't think because of this movie. I just think it fell out of fashion as... It fell out of fashion... In terms of like portrayal and media, the 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 jobs still exist, right? There's still people who work in skyscrapers. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but it was like I I feel like in the '80s it was a lot more glamorized because it was the era of like money mm-hmm. and working, cocaine, yeah, cocaine. American Psycho, power, yeah, like just like re- making your way to the top, boom, boom, boom. yeah, and like trickle down economics that like. <laughs> Very obviously doesn't appeal to a lot of people anymore. Doesn't appeal to me. Thank goodness. You says that white boy. <laughs> yeah, don't lie to us. Um. So, yeah. You just went on an hour-long monologue before we started about business cards. It was weird. <laughs> you see, you gotta put your name in the top left corner. Okay, 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 okay. But have you guys ever had a business card with your name on it? It's a cool feeling. No. I have. But it's cool it's not like i go to bars and be like hey you want my number no i just like to look at it i'm like i'm a business lady oh there's people who do that i've seen it happen no they give out their business cards yep i've seen it happen via that is somehow lower than writing your phone number on a napkin that's somewhat yeah that's more that's worse you planned it well I think the point is that it's supposed to be, like, really, like, off the cuff. Like, oh, yeah, here, let me give you my business card. I just happen to have them in my wallet. That's I a- would hope so. If you're networking and stuff. Uh, but, but you're... but you're To pick up chicks? Yeah, that's a different kind of networking. Oh, yeah. Why you guys turn on me? I'm in agreement with you guys. I know it's weird. We know you know. We're just saying. Do you know? Alex, I mean, empty your pockets. Uh, oh my gosh all these business cards and we say it's not an improv podcast i will say i was obsessed with there used to be a commercial that went on all the time where you like could create your own business card Mm -hmm. and they always looked so cool because there was they would show ones that were like see-through and then the name is etched on it yeah they were like super fancy ones i have a friend who has like waterproof business cards that you can't tear (laughs) i like um 
I like the idea that he needed to make them tear-proof because so many people right in front of him were just ripping, ripping them the in front of him. I don't think... I, the idea was he just handed it to me and said, try and tear it. And I was like, I can't. And he's like, that's because they're tear-proof. And I was like, cool. What does this friend do for a living? I don't want to That say. he needs tear-proof business this cards. This sounds like... No, don't, don't expose that because then it would be easier to triangulate our location. This sounds like a guy who would do that at an office party. At a holiday exactly. office party. Like the guy in Die Hard right. who did some cocaine and went to talk to the terrorist. Oh, yeah. That's what you do. Oh, he so did. And then he died. And then he got shot. He so the moral so of the story is, on Christmas, don't do cocaine. Are you happy? Or talk to terrorists. But they're thieves. But they're not, yeah. Yeah, I just find that odd. What? Uh, of Christmas Eve holiday party. It's a real thing. Building. I believe it. I just, wouldn't you rather go to your family? But it's not no. usually on Christmas Eve. It's usually like the week before. It's okay. It's usually, usually the week of Christmas. Yeah. Okay. Like maybe the Monday or the 20th, you know, if you're, let's say you work a nine to five job, you have Christmas Eve and Christmas day off. But didn't they used to? So like on the 23rd on your last day of work before you went in. Or before you you left, that would be the Christmas party. See, I think that's also a lost concept, is Christmas Eve getting the day off. Yeah, I had to, like, request it off from work this year. Yeah, I didn't get it. I didn't I didn't think they would schedule me, but they sure did. Mm. They did? Oh, yeah. It's Well, you work in retail, and it's, like, the last shopping day before Christmas. In the middle of a pandemic. Um, <laughs> go ahead. So, I don't know what happens next. I'm not... It was my first time seeing it. I mean, Bruce Willis wins. Yeah, he does. He kicks all the henchmen with beautiful long hair. Is his ass. And then... Okay, so going back to you wouldn't lie to Hans Gruber, are you talking about the point where Hans already knows that there's a psychopath in the building? <laughs> Can we get, like, a like the Twilight books where they do it from Edward's perspective, but, like, one from Hans Gruber's perspective? I kind of thought most of the film was split evenly between Hans and... Yeah, it's it's pretty it's a pretty even split, I feel like. Can we get the long-haired blonde guy's perspective yeah, then? That I just I want, like, a different person's the perspective. The henchman, the cop's perspective where he's just watching the building. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing exciting happening. But, like, in his head, it's like, he's like, you know, Dear Diary, today was a day I'll never forget as a day that will live in infamy, a day that die hard. <laughs> <laughs> You were you were going so hard. I die hearted. Hearted. Yeah, I <sighs> die hearted. So the other movie we watched. Oh right. What else? <laughs> uh, Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street. Oh, that was another one of my picks. The original nineteen forties. Um, nineteen forty seven. Okay, that makes sense. Right. Did they have a bit about it being after the war, or am I making that up? Yeah, I think so. You're thinking of White Christmas. Oh. I am another movie we watched, but we'll get to that one later. That also took place after war. Mm-hmm. Um, so a really brief summary of Miracle on 34th Street. Uh, spoilers ahead. At the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, the actor playing Santa is discovered by to be drunk by a whiskered old man. Doris Walker, the no-nonsense special events director, persuades him to take his place. He proves to be a sensation and is quickly recruited to the store Santa at the main to be the store santa at the main store then uh there's natalie wood who plays this adorable little girl who because of um her mother's like you know, misgivings and she's kind of cynical about herself um told her to kind of like reject all notions of belief and fantasy um but 
everyone kind of starts cluing into this man named Chris Kringle, kind of starts believing, oh, maybe he actually is Santa, except for this jerk of a psychiatrist. Um, eventually, Santa Claus gets taken to court after he beats uh, the said psychiatrist, and they have to try and prove whether or not Santa is real. Spoilers alert, he is real. <gasps> End scene. I, I just have one note. Um, he didn't beat the psychiatrist. He thumped him on the head. Well, I'd say that's a beating. When did he thump him? He thumped the- him with his umbrella. Yeah, because the psychiatrist said something stupid. He was No, he was being a dick to that fat kid. I'm going to be perfectly honest with everyone. I fell asleep for no. a good amount. It was late because we have to wait till everyone's home to watch. Just like this podcast. Like this and he's podcast. falling asleep again. Yeah, I've been asleep. No. <laughs> where am I? You ever have that moment where you're just sleep podcasting? Yeah. Mm. You know, you should go look at our channel. Got <laughs> a lot of episodes. <laughs> I took an ambient and really just went off. Um, yeah, I fell asleep for a good amount. I'm sorry. I, I know it pretty well it's a cute movie i woke up in time for the court scene which is the best part nice yeah what is the best part of that court scene that little okay when they put the kid they put the the what what would it be the the cross the prosecutor the cross the prosecutor when they put the prosecutor's kid on the stand and it's like is santa real and he's like yeah and they're like where did you hear that he's like my dad and they're like, oh, it's you believe your dad? And the kid just goes, my dad wouldn't tell me something that isn't so. And it's the cutest thing in the whole world. I believe he's the word daddy. My daddy wouldn't tell me something that isn't so. <laughs> and then the prosecution or the, the defense is just like, hey, gotcha. So good. It's really adorable. It's I think it's the second time I've seen that movie all the way through. Yeah, it's still really endearing. Um, it's nice to believe in Santa and to have this guy who is so earnestly like, he's just, it's like if Jesus came back for like a month and was like, Hey, I'm going to hang out and see what everyone thinks about me. Oh no. I have to change that perspective. Uh-oh. I like here are wrong. I like that the, um, the Christmas trope of uh, a businesswoman who doesn't have time for Christmas started. Started with Maureen O'Hara. Yep, sure did. I just, and also, Maureen O'Hara is bitter because she is divorced. That's where her, like, disillusionment started with romance and fantasy. And that's why she's passing it on to her daughter. She's not just like, I'm too busy. She's she's divorced. And it's the 40s, baby. I also love that she just sends her kid to the neighbor's place. Oh, yeah. I don't think she sent him to, like, she was with the maid. And, and the maid was like, oh, yeah, she's yeah. like she's like next door with the guy who lives by himself that you don't talk to. But she, that, the maid could true. see her. You know what I mean? Like, the maid, like, he had his window open and the window that could see into his apartment was open because he lived across the hall. So there was a window on the hallway? Yeah, so it, it was like an atrium. I Does vaguely that recall exist? that. But I feel like it's more just for... When when they made this movie, the set designer said there's going to be three people on a podcast talking about this. No, I, I do remember like being able to see through 
it and it looked like she got a view in there, but I might just be thinking of another scene. It's just kind of no, weird. Like the kitchen window from Marino Harris' apartment could see into his living room. So you're saying that between that window and that window, there was an open space yeah. that people walk through. Okay. So it's like apartment complexes here. Mm-hmm. Did you ever see that book that where it's like famous movies or TV shows and like their set pieces like kind of laid out and stuff like that? Yeah. This would be a fun one. The apartment complex in Miracle on 34th Street. Just for all its, you know, West Winchester Mystery House-esque appearance, I guess. That sounds fun. I want to read that. Right? Like they had like the, the ones I recall were the office building from The Office. Right. They had um, the Central Perk from Friends. Right. Um, I want to say there was like the lab from Jurassic Park in there and a few other things like that. I forget what the book was called, but it was really cool. I've seen the layout of like the Golden Girls apartment or house. House. Mm-hmm. House. I have a, I have a gift. I got a framed layout, overhead layout. That must have been where I saw it from. Yeah, that is. So, Okay. Would you be for or against prosecuting Santa Claus? Against? I'm not a monster. Do I know it's Santa? What do you think? Do what? What do you? I mean, like, how you wouldn't be able to know? I would probably be against it because the crime was weird. Yeah, what was the crime? Crazy old man. The crime was the crime was um i don't remember we watched this so long ago the 80 years ago today the okay basically what had to happen was chris kringle was gonna get committed he was committed and they he wanted to get out essentially and they were like no you're nuts and he's like, no, I'm Kris Kringle. I'm Santa Claus. And they were like, okay, prove it. And that's the crime. Okay, so it's it was insanity, essentially. Yeah, and they were trying he had to, to prove he was sane. Um, no, I wouldn't. I would not put some harmless old man on trial because he thinks or he is Santa Claus. And he just wants to live his life. He was just being Santa Claus in the Macy's Day Parade. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. the one they hired was a drunk. A which yeah, which Maureen O'Hara doesn't even get, like, chastised for. She didn't tell Mr. Macy. Well, I mean, what if word had gotten back to him? I think Mr. Macy See, always knows. That's how I knew. Mr. Macy always knows. That's how I would know that that old man was Santa Claus. Because he didn't rat on Maureen O'Hara. Because he knew that that guy was a drunk. So you think that... If it wasn't Santa Claus, this person would have been like, ooh, finally, I'm in position to play Santa in the Ma- Th- Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Look, and then he's going to rat on the person who got him the job. I'm about because, to destroy this woman's whole career. Right? Yes. Like, oh, yeah, cool. Because I'm going to go he's in. He's working his way to the top. Baby. Okay. So this is like some weird uh, Slay of Thrones <laughs> yeah. where they're trying to, you know, rise in the ranks of like professional santa claus yes absolutely okay i like this i'd be here for this yes but because he didn't i know he's santa i just want to circle back to something you said alex yeah slay of thrones that was pretty fucking good no i think it should have been game of slays but reindeer game of slays 
No, reindeer game of reindeer game of thrones. It was so natural. It was so off the cuff, and then you you, you're pushing. Oh no, I had these jokes planned for like five weeks. (laughs) You're putting too much brain power into this, losing its flavor. I just like to break down comedy, on you know, just what it's what I do. It's my twisted mind, if you will. Right, much like if you go to my Tumblr blog, it just says "Welcome to my twisted world, dude." Right, break down comedy, like the ruins of Rome. Exactly. Just dust. Ass and ashes. Ass and ass. Ass and ashes. Ass and ashes. That's that. Gust to dust. Yes. Gust. Bust to dust. See? Ah. Breaking it down again. Dick to brick. I don't know. Dick to brick. You got any? No, I just associated through that entire bit. It sounded like you said you associated through that entire bit. Dis- associated why'd you disassociate i don't know did you associate more with bust to dust or ass to ashes yeah which one i disassociated because it's 10 15 at night and we're only two movies in right 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 uh so the other movie we got was white christmas with the summary that says <laughs> things wallace and davis bob and phil respectively or disrespectively if you're nasty <laughs> Is a famed Broadway act. When Bob and Phil met in the same platoon under the command of Tough on the... S- did you write this? <laughs> I did not write this. Who wrote this? Is it IMDb? Yeah. All our synopses are mainly gathered from IMDb, so shout out to those people from IMDb. Did you read it and copy it? Or did you copy and paste it? I copied and pasted. Let me see. Let me see. There's no commas anywhere. <laughs> Oh my god, this is a joke. Just read the one off the main page on IMDb. I don't have it. Read- well, the I, the one on IMDb, they're very small. It's oh, just look. like... Wait, 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 wait. There's, see, he put or, so there's another one. Okay, let's, let's read this or. one. On Christmas Eve, 1944, somewhere in Europe, to World War II... <laughs> okay, on Christmas Eve, comma, 1944, comma, somewhere in Europe to World War II, comma, two U.S. Army soldiers, comma, one a Broadway entertainer, comma, Captain Bob Wallace, parenthesis, Bing Crosby, and parenthesis, comma, the other a would-be entertainer, comma, Private Phil Davis, parenthesis, Danny Kaye, and parenthesis, comma, give a show to the troops of the 151st Division. In oh eight- my god, no, it's going plot, point by plot, point, stop! <laughs> there was no synopsis okay. for some of these movies? Okay, stop. Everybody stop. Pink Crosby and Danny Kaye are friends from the war and they have an act and they tour with it. A successful song and dance team become romantically involved with the sister act and team up to save the failing Vermont Inn of their former commanding general. Where'd you find that? (laughs) IMDB! That's not what I found? Okay. Okay, we're just... Okay, I'm gonna read the... I'm gonna read... No! The Reindeer Games one, though. Not the Reindeer Games. That's another movie. <laughs> the Reindeer Games? Like the Hunger Games, but it's Reindeer? No, okay. there's a movie called Reindeer Games. <laughs> okay. Bing Crosby and Danny Kaye are friends. Uh-huh. And they have a successful Broadway act. Although, it's not an actual Broadway musical. They just have a... No, it's... A, I don't know. It's a touring musical. It's a variety show. Yeah, vaudeville, baby. Yeah, but like in the 50s. But like in the 50s. Where all the drugs were. Yes. They got so much puss. Yep, and they were after two specific posts in this case, that of Rosemary Clooney and Vera Ellen. Mm-hmm. But not at first, you see. That's where it was interesting already. 
Because Danny Kaye fell in love with Vera Ellen right away. Uh-huh. But Bing Crosby and Rosemary Clooney were like, no. Because Rosemary Clooney was like, I'm not that kind of girl. I'm not. It's, this is not a favor. She's Bing. a prude. Okay, yeah, she's a prude. But she's like, no, I don't want you to think that I'm just using my body to get my show. I mean, he's like, I, I don't, but I do. And you're getting it anyway. But we're not going to fall in love right away. But then they do later. Meanwhile, Danny Kane, Veer Ellen are tap dance fucking on the roof of the train. Oh yeah, they're they're stunning. They're a stunning, stunning duo. They're already they're already in love. It's great. And they head to Vermont because they want to see snow. Mm-hmm. And they get there and uh no snow. It's because Vermont at that time <laughs> was a dry town and they didn't have cocaine. Sorry, my heart just I think I just had a palpitation. <laughs> I, I kind of shut down for a second anyway. So, so no snow. Yes, no snow. They don't want no snow because the snow's going <laughs> to... Oh, my God. And the Vermont innkeeper was also in the army? He was their general. He was their general. The commanding general. Oh, that makes so much more sense. What did you think he was? A stranger. <laughs> I could have sort at one point from this movie, I said, is that the general? And Saffron yelled at me. He's like, no, it's the other general, the one who retired. I thought you said janitor. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's right. You thought I said janitor. And then I kept going, is he the janitor? <laughs> I thought you asked if he was the janitor. Okay. I'm sorry. So he's their old general, which explains why they wanted to keep the inn running. Because so he could have his janitor position. Yes. He's, and they were going to put on a show for it. And what, what I really enjoy is that the inn doesn't seem like a lavish place. No, it's just like a cozy little B&B. Yeah, and yet the show they put on in this inn was like the most extravagant thing ever. Look, you got superstars like Bing Crosby, Danny Kaye, Vera Ellen, Rosemary Clooney. You gotta gotta give them big numbers. I know. Big numbers? What a waste of talent if you don't. I mean, two crooners... I would not. Oh, Rosemary Clooney. I yeah. thought you were talking about Danny Kaye. Not I was like, at all. Mm. Not at all. Would she be a crooner? Bing Crosby and Rosemary Clooney. Both of them fabulous crooners. Danny Kaye, comedic legend. Mm-hmm. Vera Ellen. Dancing goddess. Yeah. And the janitor. And the janitor. <laughs> and the janitor. Uh, Who, did they whiten his hair? I'm sure. It looked visibly whiter. Well, compared well, to when he was in the army. Well, putting on this million-dollar production in this <laughs> tiny inn would age anybody, I'm sure. It's literally, have you seen Summerstock with Gene Kelly and Judy Garland? I think so, yeah. Oh my god, they put it's a barn, and they put on like a Broadway-scale show. Okay, hold on, because at one point it looked like you got to see the outside of the inn, or mm-hmm. the hotel, or wherever they were at, and it looked sort of like a barn. Are you sure they didn't just reuse the same set? You know, they might have. I would be... Wait, okay. Well, who did White Christmas? Because it would be if if it's Judy Garland, Gene Kelly, that's MGM, right? So who did White Christmas? Paramount, Paramount Pictures did it, so they wouldn't have reused it. Yeah, it would be a completely different set. That's fair because they weren't allowed to, mm-hmm. you know, commingle. Yeah. So, I mean, this is really the height of painted sets. Mm-hmm. There's a lot theater. of them. They oh, look yeah. really good, though. Oh yeah, they look great. It, oh, yeah, it felt like watching a play. Because mm. I had never seen this movie before. And I liked it. I enjoyed it. My only issue was that we were, we we were paused ten times it. as emphatic as you were. No, no. That, that was totally fine. I, I, I was happy that you guys had a movie that you guys could really get into. 
it sounded like a complaint, but when we paused the movie at one point, I was like, wow, we still have an hour left. Yeah, we, like, paused to get, like, water or something, and Alex just goes, wow, we still have an hour left? Like, how I didn't say it like that. I was, like, surprised just because I thought most of the plot points had been reached by now. You would think. You thought wrong. I did. You didn't have time to consider the resolution dance numbers. Oh, yeah, the 50 of them? We have Vera Ellen. Tap. I mean, she's a, she is a dancing queen. I, I specifically call her tap, tap dancing queen because she has a very specific move that they always use her for. The What is that? It's the one the one foot. Oh, okay. That just, the like, the vibrates one. on the floor. I yeah. did not know that. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. She it's, it's in almost every movie that she does. What other movies has she done? Oh, gosh. <sighs> a lot. Yeah, I'll yeah. just many read to you count. Vera Ellen's IMDb no, page. it's fine. Like... We don't need it. It was, like... Because this was, like, your guys' is like fun movie yes that's true but like the movies that we're talking about are i just call them song and dance movies mm-hmm. like there's no particular plot to it it's, it's just, just to showcase talent mm-hmm. much like a vaudeville act essentially mm-hmm. I wasn't no i was thinking that was like wasn't that like st- not singing in the rain like didn't the movies that they make were just like uh, sh- ooh, ooh. not i thought i was thinking about the plot of singing in the rain not actually singing in the rain you're thinking of the Broadway rhythm number, I think, because that's the one that's like that, where it's just like this really random, mm-hmm. out of place, jazzy kind of number with Sid Charisse, Queen. Mm-hmm. The it's their like, at that time it was their bread and butter movies. I just I gotta say, going back to Singing in the Rain, very popular musical. I feel like also a Christmas movie. Now the Sid Charisse. In that green dress. Right. And that bob wig during that number is just like, oh, chef's kiss. Like, she's stunning. Speaking of stunning, going back to White Christmas, Doris, the unsung hero of White Christmas, the blonde showgirl, whose only phrase for most of the movie, when because she would just be introduced, you know, Doris, and she'd just go, mutual, I'm sure. Why don't I remember this part? <laughs> because you were upset that there was an hour left. Yeah, you got me. She's she's like she's not as frequent as anybody else, obviously, but she does keep popping up throughout the movie, and that's basically all she says. And that is <laughs> to date one of my favorite phrases. That's funny, but I don't remember this character at all. Well, you see, Alex, it was me in a wig. <laughs> You just kept appearing, like, right in front of the TV, but yeah. just so, enough so that it looked like you were in. I had, like, my own painted set behind yeah. me that blended in. Mutual, I'm sure. Uh, it was, like, a thousand dollar gag, so thank God we're getting that stimulus yeah. money. <laughs> what a legend. Yeah. Oh, good. My stimulus check can cover three-fourths of my thousand dollar bit. We had a whole makeup team. Yay. All masked up, of course. <laughs> naturally, naturally. Um... Oh, what a good movie. Mm-hmm. Would recommend. Yeah, it was it was very Christmassy compared to another movie. Okay. Miracle don't read Miracle on 34th Street like that. Well, I'm just saying it calls itself a miracle on 34th Street. What is the miracle? It's supposed to be about Jesus. Santa. Santa doesn't make miracles, he makes toys. And sometimes he commits acts of murder, which leads us to our final movie this week. That's true. Um, Our final movie that we watched this week. I know you guys have all been waiting for it. It was... Wait. 
Nice Paul Blart segue. Hey, I'm doing my best here. It was Grandma got ran over by a reindeer. The best one. This, yes, greatly animated. So now I'm curious what this IMDb description is going to be. Okay, let me read off this description. As if young Jake Spankenhamer doesn't have enough problems on Christmas Eve, he has to help his mom and dad prevent mean-spirited Cousin Mel from taking ownership of the family store. When his grandmother gets lost in the cold, in the midst of the confusion, Jake is sent out to find her, only to discover that she's become the victim of a rather unusual hit-and-run accident, and that Santa is real, but not quite the sort of guy he was expecting. Okay, so that summary starts describes the movie from, like, the one third mark. Yeah. Because we get exposition of Jake and his grandma spending time together and the Say shop. His full name. Say his full name. Jake Spankenheimer. But like they do, they show them like at the shop together, blah, blah, blah. And like cousin, I was like, you should sell it because I want more money. Yeah. yeah. Like that all happens. before. <laughs> It's 1030, babe. That all happens before grandma gets run over by a reindeer. Yes. And she's also, I guess, drunk. Okay. The movie is based off of a song, a song that came out a while ago called Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer. Back in the 70s, right? So I'm pretty sure. Yeah. 78. That um, describes that she went out because she was drinking too much eggnog, which implies that she's drunk. Of course, they don't say it here because it is a children's animated movie. Mm Mm-hmm. Animated short. This bitch is drunk and off her meds. Yeah. Well, like, they do up. have that line. Yeah, they yeah. say, like, Grandma, you've been drinking. And she's like, oh, I am okay. Like, I, I like the grandma's voice. I think she's the only voice actor in this movie that I really liked. I don't know. Cousin Mel and I Am Slime are pretty uh, are pretty much up there. Oh, yeah. Who my- is I Am Slime again? I Am Slime is the attorney that helps Cousin Mel and the big business who wants to take over Grandma's shop. That's what it is. Uh, Donald Bucks, Donald uh, Austin, B- Austin Trump, Austin Donald Bucks. Bucks, Austin Bucks, Austin Bucks. Yeah, it was it was, it was subtle, it very obviously. Uh, and and how does I am slime sound, Nico? It sounds like this. Uh-huh. Well, she. How does she introduce herself? Okay, so I'll be Jake. You be I am slime. And you introduce yourself for me. You introduce yourself to me. And she was like, she's gonna. I I am slime. You said it, not me. <laughs> a classic joke. I think I heard like a bumps <laughs> in the background. Oh yeah, I'm from I'm from the city. She's from I'm, California. I am well, slime. Isn't she's it not from California? She's from New York. Cityville. Yeah, she's from Cityville. Cityville. The city part of Cityville. The city part of Cityville. Not, gram- not the suburbs. Not grandma's store, which sells fruitcake, desserts, books. Baby dolls. Baby dolls. It was a general Lace. store. Christmas tree ornaments. Yeah. Well, yeah. it was Christmas time. I don't know why I'm trying to defend this movie. No, don't. go for it. I love this movie. It has it has everything I asked for from a it's Canadian a lot of fun. animation company. It's just... It, everything just seems so fucking ridiculous. It is. I mean, it, it's based off a song, you guys. I, I it's think... based off of a concept album. A concept album right, a concept detailing album. the events of Grandma getting ran over by a reindeer. And then what's Grandpa going to do? See, you have the Who's Tommy, and then you have 
I forget the artist's name. Grandma got run over by a reindeer. The reindeer's album. grandma got run over by a yeah. reindeer. And they're in the same tier, technically. They absolutely are. So, um, but yeah, she gets hit by the reindeer, and then Jake eventually finds her at Santa's place. Yeah. In, like, a cocoon? No, she's in, like, the ICU. <laughs> yeah, but, like, the North Pole version, which is just four And there there. were other people there, yeah. too. Yeah. <laughs> so it's either this has happened multiple times and they can't find those people, or there are people who... I don't know how they would end up there. Maybe, maybe they were elves? Maybe Santa was in Chicago and he saw someone get shot, so then he was like, oh, I'm gonna help take them, them away. Up. Yeah. I feel <laughs> like... If I was Santa, I would do that. I feel like it's more that the reindeer have done this more than once. Like, you can imagine... That's... I forgot. There's three other storylines happening happening concurrently with this one. We're, in Cityville, in Townville, yeah. in... Villageville. And Lakeville. Hamletville. So, yeah. Santa's got to get a control of those reindeer. That's what I'm thinking. Well, how, we find out what happened. It was like reindeer nip in the fruitcake. That's what caused him to go all berserk and run her over. It was the poison that Cousin Mel put in. Oh, that's right. The poison acted like reindeer nip. The poison. The poison. For grandma. Grandma's poison. Poison grandma's. I'm pretty sure. Sh- yeah, I guess it was poison. They obviously didn't explicitly state it because it's a children's movie. She's but- gonna knock off grandma. Yeah, cousin Mel in that tight skirt was gonna murder grandma. I think she was just trying to like give her the people she gives her cakes to like indigestion. Food poisoning yeah, so they poison. wouldn't talk to her ever again. I was yeah. it was like in Good Burger when they put the, the shark poison in the secret sauce. Okay. Uh, okay. Have you not seen Good Burger? No. no. Okay, yes, well, I just exactly spoiled a like major that. plot point for you guys. Sorry. Was it Cousin Mel? <laughs> Was it I Am Slime? <laughs> also, we're watching Good Burger. Um, Deal. But Grandma gets amnesia. Yeah. Then there's that creepy elf. Uh-huh. Who's like Santa's right-hand man. And he always has this weird, sinister smile. But he's also incompetent with his job. Santa Claus is also very incompetent with his job. It's a miracle Santa delivers presents. It is. In this movie. Doesn't seem like he'd be able to. He can't. Mm. He seems very disorganized. Yeah. He's um a blundering fool, I guess, would be the best way to describe him. And he also goes on trial in this one, too. That's right, he does. But what do the reindeer say when they smell the, the poison, the reindeer nip? Yeah! <laughs> was it something like that? Is that? I don't remember. It was like, wahoo! That's what it was. Because yeah. <laughs> Santa, I think, is telling the story. And he says, oh yeah, and then uh, Donner smelt this thing. And it just cuts to hit the Donner going, wahoo! And goes so hurtling towards Grandma, and it not knocks her out. So it's hard drugs. It's coke. It's absolutely coke. Yeah. yeah, it's fragrant coke. An early 2000s movie, but this reindeer was from the 80s. Welcome yeah. to the 80s, baby. Luckily, the uh, Cityville court justice system prevails. I That's guess. right. And Santa is acquitted. Santa is acquitted on all charges. Cousin Mel, I guess, goes to jail. No. I, no? No, Cousin Mel's just like, oops. Oh, yeah, that's right. She just gets like Did a I do that? Yeah, oh. I made a boo-boo. Her and I am slime moved to the city. <laughs> they start a new life. But they're in the city. They move to a different city. They go to City Cityville. 
Oh, what's another fun song that her and Cousin Mel sing? I'm not singing it. I'm not singing it. Okay, you... fine. I'll take the lead on this one. <clears throat> we could get copyrighted. Yeah, oh, shoot. That's song. right. You can't sing the song. But, uh... The, yeah, this was a this was a movie. It yep. was It was just so bizarre. It's like the epitome of like every bad animated movie you I can felt like high. <laughs> yeah. Wait, it was enjoyable. Like the, I would definitely watch this again like almost every Christmas. This is the thing. All of the elements came together to form a wonderful movie. The plot was garbage, the animation was garbage, the voice acting was garbage, but because it was all so wow. bad. You're it murdering just them, Saffron. So right. Like, you know what I mean? But I still don't feel like it's, I don't feel like it's in the bad category where it could be like a Rocky Horror Picture Show type thing, you know? You don't think Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer is in the bad category? Oh, I think it is. I just don't think it's in that bad category. It's so bad, it's good. That's what makes it like good. It's, it's, okay, I feel like it's on the precipice of that. Uh, like, it's it just it just passed. The precipice. Yes. The precipice. The precipice. Well, that concludes this week's uh, movie tournament films. Yeah, it does. We're all done. I guess I can go to bed. Nope, we gotta rate them. We gotta rate them. Should I start off this time? Go for it. Okay, so the first movie was uh, Die Hard. Yeah. Um, I'm going to, as a Christmas movie, I'm going to give it two Hans Gruber's falling down a building out of ten Hans Gruber's falling down a building. All right, two out of ten. Wait. Um, Miracle. Miracle. I'm going to give that a ten out of ten. Oh. Ten Hans Gruber's falling out of a building. It's falling down a building. Okay. Um, That's true because he was on top. Mm-hmm. He has to fall down. Oh. He can't not... fall out if there's no ceiling. Well, mm-hmm. he was falling out because he fell out a window. But he fell down the building. That's like the whole shot. I mean, he had a big falling out with Bruce Willis. He did. At the least. And White Christmas? I'd give that an 8 out of 10. Hans Gruber's falling down a building. Okay. And Grandma Got Ran Over by a Reindeer? Um, 7 out of 10. Nice. Saffron? Oh, me. Okay. Um, Die Hard. I don't know. Mm. I'll give it like a three. Yeah, I'll give it like a three. Hans Gruber's falling down a building. Uh, Miracle on 34th Street, like an eight HGFDABs. Um, White Christmas, 10 out of 10. 10 and out of 10 what? HGFDABs. Okay. And Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer, like a six? Six. Very good. Yeah. <clears throat> well, for me, Die Hard. Die Hard's going to get a two. It would have gotten a four if this wasn't a Christmas movie competition. But it is, so it's a two out of ten. <laughs> uh, Hans Gruber's uh, cha cha down the building. Um, or whatever you kids say these days. Miracle. Miracle on 34th Street. Alex is doing his rendition of uh, what I just explained. It was very well. Uh, Miracle on 34th Street. I'm going to give it a 7 out of 10. Why so low? 
I'd probably give it a higher score if I was awake during the whole thing. Jeez, but, I so, yeah, I, I get that. The movie put you to sleep. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But I fall asleep really easily. But you did stay up for all of White Christmas. Oh, I sure did. That's because it was a musical. Oh, absolutely. And it's getting a 10 <laughs> so out of 10. So was Miracle on 34th Street. Did you not hear all the what? songs? What? It's getting a 10 out of 10, baby, for Miracle. Nope, for miracle? White Christmas. <laughs> White Christmas Miracle. Um... Grandma got run over on the rain- by reindeer. I mean, it's bad, but it's my kind of bad. I'm going to give her a 9 out of 10. 9? Oh, yeah. I'll watch that again. I'll watch it right now. Try me. Okay, wow. So I, I- would watch it again. Yeah. But I would not watch it again right now. I would probably I w- watch it again like in a couple years. I watch it. Oh, I'd watch it every year for Christmas. The thing is, every time I watch it, I like blink. And I'm a child in my family room, oh. lying on the floor with like a pillow and a blanket. Also, oh, it's nostalgic. It. That's yeah. cute. Of the house I grew up in. Yeah, absolutely. Aww. Okay. That's nice. You could have led with I that. I also have a very vivid memory of watching Grandma Got Run Over by a Ranger as a kid. Right. Where I'm in my grandparents' bedroom with my cousin, and we're just like sitting there watching their TV. And I, you didn't know how it popped up. Mm-hmm, you don't know where it came mm-hmm. from, but it was just there and you it's watched just there. it. Like it was just blasted to all our TVs. Because I also am remembering like a an instance, because I think I was also at my grandparents' house and my grandma walked out to the street and then she got hit by a truck. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god, that's so funny! I'm just so shocked! <laughs> Did your cousin try and take her business from her? Strangely enough, yes. Yeah. Is she wearing a tight skirt? My grandma was, yes. <laughs> That's why she got hit. She couldn't move out of the, the way. The truck went, wahoo! <laughs> Not the truck driver, the truck itself. The truck itself. <laughs> so. so we hope in all this vamping, someone calculated the score. Yeah, I, I calculated cool. it. We got the scores for you right here. Um, with no surprise to anybody, coming in fourth place was seven Hans Gruber's falling down a building. <laughs> Die hard. Only seven. Only seven. Curse. Seven Hans Gruber's. Um, coming in third place with a whopping 22, Hans Gruber's falling down a building because somebody bumped up the score. Grandma got run over by a reindeer. I was worried she'd get last. Oh, no. (laughs) No, Die Hard was going to be last no matter what. No way in hell. How come we always have problems with the adding of this thing and I'm always still surprised? (laughs) Because there's three of us. So we're like, what? It's perfect. Coming in third, a very close third, um, Miracle on 34th Street. Third? Second? One, two, yeah. Sorry, I was counting the other way. We're not editing that out. Oh, no, coming in second, (laughs) Miracle on 34th Street. With uh, 25, Hans Gruber's falling down a building. Yeah. And then. Continuing the theme. With a total of 28 out of 30 possible points. White Christmas. <laughs> Wait, so, <laughs> it got what? 28 oh, out of 30 points. I thought you said 38. I was like, <laughs> How did that happen? Where did all these extra- I cheated the numbers. I stuffed the ballot. She gave it a 20. Oh, did you hear that, folks? We got it right here. Send this to OAN. What news she committed voter fraud. We tried to get White Christmas to win, and boy, did we get a White Christmas to win. Oh my god. So, White Christmas will be going up against Mickey's Once Upon a Christmas, and I don't have my notepad, so somebody take over. Jim Carrey's Hell of Christmas? I believe that's what won. Yes. 
right? Did you say Tim Curry? Yep, Tim Curry's How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Yeah, you're right. It's How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Oh. Okay. So, continuing the theme, it's movies with Christmas in the title. Yeah. White Christmas, Mickey's Once Upon a Christmas, and How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Oh, wow. That's the key. And we only have one more set of movies left, we don't do. we? We do. Do any of them have... What are those movies? Um, Love Actually. Jingle All the Way. Bells Enchanted Christmas. Oh. 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 Um, Home Alone. Happiest Season. Happiest Season. Right. So we got five. We got five that So time. Bells Enchanted Christmas is the clear winner. Mm. Just based off of the past. Past... Never mind. Never mind. Okay. <laughs> Good night, y'all. We're tired. We want to go to bed. I think I have a vein pulsing in my head. Anyway, this has been Silas Propaganda. Thank you all for listening. And we hope you have a safe, happy, healthy, and merry Christmas.